0: Hello, second years. Today we're going to be looking at Knights by Aristophanes. To help you with this, you'll need to have read pages 14 and 19 in your source book. And we're going to be focusing on lines 147 to 395 of the play. Before we start looking at what the scene is actually about, we need to have a little bit of background on the main person that Aristophanes is essentially having a go at. And that is the politician Cleon. So, although at this point that as Aristophanes is writing, which is about 420 to 390 BC, Athens is a democracy, but it still mattered whether a politician belonged to one of the old noble families or not. The exception at this point only being Themistocles. For example, Pericles was a member of the family of the Alchemenids and presented himself both as a speaker in the assembly, but also as a strategoi. Cleon is different, as he's one of the new politicians without noble ancestors. Their wealth was not based on land, but on trade or craft. Cleon's father might have been a leather merchant and tanner. Using the money and the goodwill he had inherited from his father, Cleon started a remarkable political career as a radical democrat, claiming to be deeper in love with the People's Assembly than with his friends. He is what we would call a populist. He was perhaps involved in the attacks on Pericles in the 430s and in the opposition to per- Pericles' strategy of refusing battle against the invaders in 431, for which Pericles was later fined. The historian Thucydides, who we know was a big fan of Pericles, who also belonged to an old noble family, despised Cleon and called him the most violent among the Athenian citizens. In the surviving comedies of Aristophanes, the new politician is only presented in a state of anger, and when he speaks, his voice is supposed to sound like a scolded pig. However, the lack of ancestry cannot have been the only reason for the implied criticism. Another of the new politicians, Nicias, is generally presented as upright, moderated and pious. So, one of the other things that uh, people didn't like about Cleon was his style. It may be that his style was the most offensive element to the Conservatives. Uh, the philosopher, poet, historian Aristotle remembered the statesman as saying, the man who, with his attacks, corrupted the Athenians more than anyone else. Although other speakers behaved decently, Cleon was the first to shout during a speech in the Assembly, use abusive language while addressing the people, and hitch up his skirts to move about. This is exaggerated. Um, I can't imagine that Cleon was the first person to ever raise his voice when addressing this 6,000-strong assembly. But he shows that he was a bit of a showman with his performances and speeches. Um, People often called them hysterical. So what did Cleon actually do then? So he really rises to prominence in about 427, when he proposed a decree to execute all the men of Mytilene after the suppression of its revolt. This was a big deal um, eventually the decree is overturned and the people of Mytilene are saved but it's a really big deal to essentially want to execute that many men. This is why in 426 Aristophanes attacked him uh, in the play the Babylonians and this is where Cleon then takes Aristophanes to court for slander. The following year in 425 after the Athenians had got the better of the Spartans at Pylos, he frustrated the Spartan peace proposals and later accused the generals in charge of incompetence. His challenger at the time, Nicias, offered to resign the command to him, and he was obliged then to take it. But in an interesting turn of events, he actually obtained the Spartan surrender. What people thought might have been his undoing actually turned into him, into him turned him into a bit of a war hero. In the same year, which is about forty-five, he also became even more popular as he was responsible for increasing jurors' pay from two to three obols. He eventually dies in 422 after an expedition and is defeated by Brasidius and killed in a battle outside Amphipolius. So he was an effective, if vulgar, speaker and seems to have been given to extravagant promises and extravagant accusations against opponents. He is one of the first of the new kind of politician who were not from the old aristocracy and whose predominance depended on persuasive speeches in the assembly and law courts rather than on regular office holding. When he did serve as a general, he had both successes and failures. After the Mitolini what's called the Mitolini debate and or debacle cleon identified himself with methods which perhaps more civilized athenians such as thucydides and aristophanes regarded as savage and cruel aristophanes as we've said denounced such methods in the comedy the babylonians in 426 and it was significant that cleon prosecuted the producers of the play aristophanes underturned by this turn to court retaliated in the play we're about to read knights in 44 pinning on cleon all the faults of the bullying demagogue and warmongering agitator. And in fact, Cleon and Aristophanes' beef is really interesting. So as I've said, in 424, when Cleon is at the height of his power, Aristophanes attacked him fiercely in the nights. Many people thought it was tasteless that he devoted a comedy to blackening a war hero, and Aristophanes' producer and several actors refused to work with Aristophanes because of it. This meant that Aristophanes himself had to play the role of Phylactheon's slave who manipulates his master called Demos. To make matters worse for the playwright, no artisan wanted to make a comic likeness of Cleon, so that Aristophanes had to speak his lines without a mask, which for ancient comedy is almost unheard of. And yet despite all of this, the comedy actually is really funny and wins first prize in the Linnea Festival. This then brings us to the actual scene that we're going to read himself. So let's think about what has happened before the scene. A slave is told about his new master, Demos, who is bad-tempered, deaf and easily fooled. He has recently been tricked by a new slave called Flagvion, it's really hard to say, who is taking credit for others' hard work. The only solution is to find someone who can out-demagogue the demagogue. This is a reference to Cleon, who had recently had success in capturing 300 Spartans. According to Aristophanes, the characteristics are those of bad manners, ignorance and selfishness. This then brings us to the role of the sausage seller, who's there to be the new big bad demagogue. In a reversal of expectations, according to Aristophanes, the more stupid one is, the lower one's birth and the more unpleasant one's voices, the greater the chances of success with the demos. You don't need to rule well, just do the same as always, and win people over with prepared rhetoric. Here, Aristophanes is implying and criticising how much power a demagogue has. So, let's see how this pertains to the criticism of Cleon. When Philagtheon appears on stage, Cleon and demagogues are criticised when his opponents, the knights, point out his corrupt and vicious ways. His response is to bribe them using a liturgy of building a monument or through using the law courts. He accuses them of treason and how the pay of three obols introduced by Cleon will get him the vote. The idea that prosecutions are political tools with no reference to justice is made explicit when he claims to feed the people by his condemnations of others, either true or false. This is something that we will see again in the play Wasps. Now what's interesting is that here, the demos, the people, are also the audience. Cleon's poor behaviour and reliance on the demos raises questions then about the judgment of the demos as a whole. As we've said, demos as a character has been called deaf and bad-tempered, which seems like a dig at the audience, though Aristophanes makes a distinction between the two. He is confident that those who are intelligent will oppose Cleon, but is vague about who those intelligent people are, so the audience can decide if that's them. Contextually, the majority of people did vote for Cleon's proposal, meaning Aristophanes was perhaps out of step with popular opinion. Aristophanes counters this by saying the Domos is fundamentally good, but have been led astray by people like Cleon. The chorus claims that Cleon has made the Demos deaf through his noisy oratory and has left them unable to hear better advisors. So, what's the solution? In the play, the short-term solution of finding a demagogue who is worse is not ideal. The longer-term solution being to rejuvenate Demos by boiling him alive and being returned to his intelligent youth. But, is that really going to work in the real world? This brings us to some questions around the idea of, was the play supposed to be inspirational, a call to arms? Or is it was its message that an intelligent demos who listens could only ever be a fantasy? Either way, there are no right or wrong answers. Aristophanes only proposes the questions, and the audience loved this idea, and the play indeed, indeed won first prize. Now, unlike in the previous PowerPoint, where we focused on how you could use the assembly women and the arcanians for more large questions here i'd like to look at knights as a 10 marker we're going to be focusing on lines 255 to 265 and the passage reads as such so philagtheon says ouch ouch oh help friends elder jurors brothers of the court whose wages i've increased to three obols a day three and whose business i've helped grow the lots and lots of judgments." Good judgment's all bad. It made no difference to me. I just shouted them out and passed them on to you. Come, help me. The conspirators are beating me up. Ouch, ouch. Oh, help me. Leader of the chorus. Too right, of course, who are. You're a thief, a cook, an embezzler. You stripped the public purse bare even before you got elected. You're just another mongrel who squeezes all the prospective magistrates for bribes like a fig picker squeezes his figs, checking them all out. Is this one ripe? Is this one green? Is this one still raw? Same with all the poor folk out there. You go around checking every single one of them out. Spy on them. Are they rich? Are they innocent? Are they dumb little sheep? Do they shake and tremble with fear in the courts? God, I love Aristophanes so much. So, the question attached to that passage is, what impression does Aristophanes create of political life and the law courts? Uh, This is a question that's quite uh, familiar with Aristophanes because a lot of his work is around the idea of law courts. So I'm going to give you some of the uh, AOT, uh, so some of the analysis and then the judgments from the passage that you could use to help back that up. So, for example, in this question, you could say judgments are motivated by popularity with the people, not justice, which you could call populism. And the quote that you would use to help you with that is whose businesses I've helped grow with lots and lots of judgments, good judgments or bad. It made no difference to me. Uh, another piece of analysis you could have is judgments are reached with minimal thought and care i just shouted them out and passed them on to you he says Uh, cleon is corrupt you can always always talk about cleon when it comes to aristophanes um here the chorus telling him that he's a thief a crook an embezzler image of cleon as a farmer implies systematic and long-term abuse of the system you're just another mongrel who squeezes all the prospective magistrates for bribes like a fig picker squeezes his figs. I love that line. Uh, money and power, profit are the motivations for those in power. You strip public purses before that you even got elected. The people are victims of corrupt officials who abuse their positions. Same with all the poor folk out there. You go around checking every single one of them out, spy on them. Creon, cleon preys on the weak and vulnerable. Are they innocent? Are they dumb little sheep? Do they shake and tremble with fear in the courts? And a great deal of anger from the people directed at those in power who they view as corrupt, shown in the aggressive and insulting language. You're a mongrel, thief, crook and embezzler. And because you can use the passage, you could also talk about the short clauses and the sentences with a lot of exclamations. You can use knights for lots of different 30 mark questions, mostly around the idea of corrupt politicians and law courts. I hope you have enjoyed this short podcast on nights by Aristophanes. Thank you.